0: Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three,
1: two, one. Cocaine is a hell of a drug
0: <laughs> Ah! From Atlanta, yeah, so Cleveland, been winning all the games in my division. Tell your missus not to miss us; she trippin'. No Christmas for me; I'm already gifted. No disrespect to the spirit To the spirit. Intoxicated while I'm steering on the rear end. Shout out to my dog Benham. No spider. Think I'm about to smoke one? No lighter. Climb up as far as you can, but you can't catch it. Leave your red like the bright lights on exits. Almighty gang, twelve letters. My take for yours. Wonder who sell better young college kid but I never got a letter one man's trash is another man's treasure bless up then boss up but if you walk up I got something that'll off ya yeah all I ever hear is back legend when you gonna stop doing this when you gonna start doing that when you gonna come see me when you gonna come see her look y'all need to understand something everything I do is quick. Everything I touch is rare. rare. Why you don't come around, Becker? Because I'm, I'm rare. rare. Frivolous, uh, later than your girls, period. but on the track now, so it's good. I'm rarer than a diamond, because you know them diamonds aren't rare. Marketing invention, yet you see it and you all stare. But me, I'm more like a Tanzanite, stupid why she paying twice Put them double d's girl please i'm from mi but check out my ct i put the weight of the world on the beat still bringing the pain y'all know my name f-r-i-v-o-l-o-u-s entertains and anything that i really want i will obtain you a baker boy so we cooking up some flame dang i'm worth more than the milli, so i rock my words will take you to another world That's a chalk because rudy's got the chalk with a dip do i walk must be because i got it in my sock now nah, i'm playing <laughs>
1: Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Earth Mac, the mad scientist, and this is the OP morning show. I hope you guys are doing awesome today. Great today, and uh, I know my boy Thanos Rick is going to be a little bit late today, he's going to be a little bit late. He got some other engagements coming up, but he will be definitely coming to the show, um, very, very, very soon, man. We got a load of show for you guys today, man. We got some. Uh, army of the thieves talk we got freddy krueger ranked we got some pc gaming stuff we got some wrestling news on top of wrestling news uh, as far as stuff that's been coming out in the past 24 and 48 hours especially we were talking about ring of honor last night well yesterday morning rather and um of course ring of honor is going through some changes they're going through uh hiatus um at the start of january but final battle will be in december and that's going to be very interesting a very interesting development which leads to a, a conversation of do pro wrestlers need a season like do they need a time period off is can there be a off season you know what i'm saying so i mean this might be this might be great and this might be or I'll say and or this might be very, very bad. You got two chances. Well, not two chances. You got one chance to get this right. Ring of Honor has one chance in April to really, really, really get it right. As far as their hiatus goes. I mean, if I was them, I would be advertising for the next four months about you know the pay-per-view that's coming in April. I will go on You know, radio, I will do go on social media, YouTube, every bit of advertising you possibly can muster over those next few months. I mean, you should be balls to the wall advertising for this upcoming pay-per-view, not that's coming after December, which is April, April 2022. You should be advertising your ass off to get as much butts in seats, as much views as you possibly can. Because I was talking to someone um, offline, you know, off air, um, they're part of the Geek Corner. And they said, and I told them that Ring of Honor arguably has the best crop of talent out of anybody. That includes WWE and AEW. They have, to my, you know, arguably the best crop of professional wrestlers you can ever come across. Like, if these contracts are ending, at the end of December, I mean, if I was Impact Wrestling, I would get as many of those wrestlers, those performers as I possibly can to boost up my roster. Or Ring of Honor has to do something to maintain that that roster altogether, because, you know, the numbers have been dwindling. They haven't been advertising like other wrestling companies have been doing. Um, It just wasn't doing anything. It just wasn't doing it. And it's not the talent's fault. It's the, you know, I will say more or less the executives. You know, the top brass, like they're not advertising the way they should. So you got to look at the long list of people that came from Ring of Honor. You know, Samoa Joe, Tyler Black, otherwise known as Seth Rollins, Kevin Steen, otherwise known as uh, Kevin Owens, Damian Priest. You know, he went by the name of Punishment Martinez. He came from Ring of Honor. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Cody, the Bucks, Kenny. You know what I'm saying? Like the list goes on and on and on. The people that you see on national television that is, like, tearing the house down, most of them came from Ring of Honor. CM Punk, same same premise. Daniel Bryan, O'Brien, Danielson, American Dragon, same deal. Like th- these guys come from a special crop. Ring of Honor got got something here. And I said yesterday that. Ring of Honor is what AEW is now. Like, if they had, they got the financial backing. If they had the advertisements, if they had the uh, the marketability and all that, Ring of Honor would be on TV right now. Well, on TNT right now. They will get that TV deal just because of that fan base alone, but it didn't work out that way. Um, now, if you guys get a chance to listen to Busted Open Radio, um, I had a chance to listen to it yesterday. Bully Ray went off. Did, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, like this, this episode wasn't for the faint of heart because he told the honest to God truth as far as what's been going on, especially with Ring of Honor. And he, he been brutally honest and he left a warning. He said, listen, if you rather go to dirt sheets and you rather do this and you rather do that, then this is not the episode for you. Log off right now, because he's going to give it to you hard. He will give it to you straight. And he gave it to you straight. He also talked about getting over and going over the difference between the two. And he he explained it in detail with examples and everything else. You have to listen to Busted Over Radio. You got to check that out. Especially what Bully Ray was talking about, Ring of Honor. But I will be talking about Army of Thieves here. Now, in an exclusive interview... With screen rant for the film, Snyder opened up about Army of the Thieves and the future plans for his burgeoning Army of the Dead franchise. Now, when asked about the possibility of characters introduced in the prequel returning to Army of the Dead 2, Snyder teased where they likely were during the events of the first film and says the door is open for them to come back see what Snyder said below. You know what? You never know. I mean, we have a plan right now for the sequel of Army of the Dead. And as you know, none of these guys really, they're all... I guess, in some prison somewhere. Now, it would be very, it would be not be big. It wouldn't be a stretch, maybe, to see them again at some point. Now, with Army of the Thieves set to log, set so long before the events of Army of the Dead, in the beginning of the stages in in-universe zombie, zombie outbreak, there is certainly plenty of ground for Snyder and franchise co-writer Shea Hatton to explore in supporting characters, In the future installments. Now, should the surviving members of Dieter's crew in *Army of the Thieves* be in prison during the events of the first film, it would easily ensure that avoiding the zombie apocalypse and joining the ranks of the undead in Sin City, as the prequel is still fresh on the streaming platform. It just was released today. Now, it's um, unknown which of the misfit crew successfully make it through the heist, or or how they will cross over in the mainline films. Now, the supporting. Army of the Thieves characters aren't the only ones Snyder that has teased could possibly return for Army of the Dead 2. As Cole Ryder recently hinted, presumed um presumed dead, uh a certain presumed dead character may return. And there is a possibility of a return coming uh at soon. Now, hadn't explored a supporting character's future installment, should surviving members of the Adidas crew um, in the prison during the events of the film. Now, this is viewed as a comedy, in a sense, that, and I always love heist films. I love heist films, man. Safe cracking, you know, it like Ocean's Eleven, like, th- those are my jams. Those are my jams. So I cannot wait to watch Army of the Dead. It is on Netflix right now. But I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch it quite yet, because, uh, me and the lady, we watched Army of the Dead, and this is a prequel, so I'm I'm, ready, I'm really being patient and waiting for this. You know, I, hopefully we got time. Actually, we do have time today. We got time today. Today's Friday, so tonight we actually going to watch Army of the Thieves, and I cannot wait. Now, um, also, the supporting Army of the Thieves characters aren't the only ones, not a tease. Now, um, the Reddit recently hinted the presumed dead Dieter could return for the sequel, now titled Planet of the Dead. If the safecracker indeed survived his confrontation with Alpha and the nuclear explosion at the end of the first film, it could see Deter reuniting with his old crew for a new heist or a fight for survival against the expanding outbreak. Now, in the meantime, the wait for Army of the Thieves' arrival is over, and it is now streaming on Netflix, along with, along with, cowboy bebop now on monday for you jojo bizarre adventure fans out there <sighs> golden wind will be released on netflix all english dub on monday i know y'all can't wait i know y'all can't wait man like it, for you jojo bizarre adventure fans out there it, it, the story is is awesome the animation is really really good um in my opinion and it is a little over the top. I will say this. But you can't deny Dio, man. Dio is the villain of villains in anime, man. He is the king of dicks. Like I'm telling you, the stuff that he does, I'm telling you, you got to watch from the first season all the way up to Stardust Crusaders, which is which it ends with, with Dio. But I'm telling you right now, man, you, you have to watch it geek corner you have to watch it but now now we're gonna go into some other news here and it's in regards to freddy krueger now we're definitely gonna go into after the music break so we'll be back after the music break and right after that we're gonna go into some nightmare on elm street movies ranked from best to worst oh worst to best let's see if we agree on this list we'll be back after these messages
0: Ah, uh. uh. young Baker. Be healed. Anime rock star. 3, uh. What's, What's up? OG. OG. Yeah. yeah. T uh. uh. In the crib chilling with some Otaku women. We watching girl and Oh yeah, we got it poppin'. That is the lifestyle. This beat is rockin' now. What I'm talking about, no, well. that y'all think I'm weird. weird, but they don't understand no, what? that anime shit can be an inspiration. So I'ma keep so on, on watching, watch no it. matter what you no say, what you how say. much you watch, I it, watch it every- I watch it every day. I'm, I'm watching Fairy Tail, it got me feeling um, like it. I'm watching Zatch Bill, it got me feeling um, like it. And we just come on, it got me feeling um, like it. No limit how we watching. we just some anime um, I'm watching one it yeah. Got me feeling rock-o'-washed like In Eden of the East It got me feeling rock-o'-washed yeah. like In Seven Daily Seas It got me feeling rock o You know we get it easy like <laughs> Just some anime we watch rock anime rock star. Anime watch star, but I feel like gangster when I'm watching gangsta. Okay. Oh Lord, I thank you. Favorite anime character ever Urza If you don't believe me, look at my posters. My poster. Remember those days watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, early in the morning with them eggs on the stove. The stove. Oh. Taco lifestyle, gotta make a toast. Shells on my neck. I'm not talking about a ghost. I'm watching I'm fairy tale It yeah. got me feeling you like a I'm stars. watching Seth Bill. Got me feeling like a watch and not He got me feeling like a rockstar. No, no, how we watch it, We just a man and and white. I'm watching one piece. It got me feeling like out. a watch and of the east. It got me feeling like a watch and seven daily scenes. It got me feeling like a watch. You know, we get it in. We just a man we rock 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 and black and stars. Hey, hey, hey. Real talk, I've been watching anime for like three, four years now, man. It's awesome. Hey, it's an anime out there for everybody, man. You just got to open your mind to it. Be willing to watch it, man. It's some good stuff out there, man. Quit judging people on what they watch and what they do. Joseph, man. Otaku lifestyle, you already know what it is. I'm yeah. watching Fairy Tail. It got me feeling yeah. like a rockstar. I'm watching Zedge Bill. It got me feeling you like wrong. a rockstar. It, right. it. it got me feeling right. like a No how no no we watching. We just a man and man. I'm watching One Piece. It got yeah. me feeling yeah. like a rockstar. Of the East. Yeah. It got me feeling yeah. like a yeah. mm-hmm. It got me feeling yeah. like a rockstar. And mm-hmm. it We just a man yeah. and Vanessa, 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 Vanessa.
1: All right, we back here for the OP Morning Show. And uh, we are talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. some good old-fashioned uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, what better way to talk about Halloween than, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street? You know, there's, there's other horror films for Michael Myers. I found out something very interesting about Michael Myers. The character, I mean, the, uh, the person that's playing Michael Myers in the last two movies. I heard that he's from the Columbia area and uh, he just visited Columbia uh, this week because he does a lot of charity and stuff um, in the area, a lot of donations and stuff like that. So he's really is a nice guy. Maybe Michael is not such a bad guy. You know, he donated charity to community service, if you will. You know what I'm saying? You know, healthy balance, a healthy balance, you know, a little slicing and dicing but let's give back to at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? So um, I did hear that little rumor, and I did see it on WLTX on um here in Columbia. So that's actually a pretty cool deal, man. There's a lot of South Carolinians, you know, that was born here that go off to do you know great things in Hollywood. You know, Hollywood or music. That's crazy. But I mean, of course, when you know when you build people. You know, you build people from like major cities or certain, you know, or whatever the case may be. But once you do your research and figure out most, most of these people are coming from South Carolina, ah, you know, Chabot Bozeman. May you rest in peace. You know, from Anderson. You know, South Carolina. South Carolinian, man, all day. You know, Mike Coulter, Luke Cage, South Carolina, with Benedict. So that, you know, that's is is a very interesting take. But anyway, we got some uh, not me on Elm Street now. Ranked by average, credit scores for Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes as number nine, Nightmare on Elm Street, 2010. I know y'all remember that. So 2010 saw an attempt to revitalize audience nightmares by putting Watchman's Jackie Earl Haley under the famous burn scar. Some critics appreciated Haley's more dour take on the famous frightener, but he wasn't able to catch up to Robert England's gleefully iconic sneer. Most critics also lambasted a weakly developed cast whose brisk deaths made little impact. Furthermore, the improved special effects gave off all flash and no fear. Okay, so next one up is number eight is Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, average score of 29. 1991's intended finale to Kruger's murderous antics turned out to be final for all three years and it was heavily argued for the better. The one intriguing film twist would would a town look like with all of its children slain, was tossed aside with a little fanfare, much to critical complaints, in an attempt to draw audiences thirst for the new spectacle, its third act or developed exclusively for 3D. but here to reviews, found the results unimaginative. However, for a few critics, the franchise's love of dark humor held the film together. So, I mean, it's an acquired taste for a final chapter which is not really a final chapter. That's what I hate about sometimes about the horror movies, man. When it says, oh, this is the final thing. If it says that in the title, let it be that. Let it be the finale. Let it let it be that. The next one up is Freddy versus Jason, which is the average score of 39. Now, it says, as the long-awaited matchup between two horror titans, 2003's Freddy versus Jason earns an easy place on the must-view horror schedule as a film judged on its own merits. Now. It's not su- it's not a success by any serious critical measure. A few critics tossed the plot aside as nothing more than a limp excuse to shoehorn in some of the most useless teen victims found yet in horror. Others accepted the youthful bad acting as background detail to a real meat everyone came for, which was silly, going romp through horror tropes. Despite the critical score, it holds a place today as a cult classic, which it does, which it does. I remember when this movie came out, me and my friends were placing bets. Who's going to win? Now, of course, I was on Freddie's side. You know, I, I mean, I put money on Freddy. You know, he was faster and all that stuff. And if I remember correctly, Freddie actually won. If I remember correctly. But I don't, I don't know. I got to rewatch the movie. I got I to rewatch it and see what's going on. Now, the next movie up, number six, is Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Okay. So you said Jason won. I, okay. So if I remember, I know Freddie gouged Jason's eyes out and he basically had to slash Jason and like pushed him in the water. And that technically was the end of the fight. So at that point, Freddie was up against humans. And then with Jason's help, he pulled out and kind of like punched him in the, uh, in the chest. But when the movie went off, like Freddie winked at the screen, like that was it. I don't know. I got to check. I got to check. I got to check. I got to look at the tape. I got to look at the tape. So you're right. They're right. He walked out. Of, he walked out of the water holding Freddie's head, but Freddie wasn't dead. He actually winked at the camera and laughed. Like that was it. You know, that was not Like. No, totally, it. But, okay, so if it was really a one-on-one fight, now, without the human interference, you gotta look at it like Freddie actually won. It took human interaction for Jason to actually win that one-on-one fight with no interference, if you really think about it. If you really think about it, because it took human involvement for Jason to get the advantage. But Jason did have the advantage in certain ways. But, I, I mean, I think it, it paid credit to both characters you know, as a whole of what they're capable of doing, what their weaknesses are. You actually, it shed more light on their weakness. But number six, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, average score of 42. Without creator, Wes Craven produces her a sequel out in under a year, dropping it onto screens in late 1985. Derided as slow and not scary, it gained some box office power with critically acclaimed effects and well-received uptick in, in the humor. Which became one of freddy's staple treats now critics have since returned to the movie with re-examining the, the homoerotic uh subtext with modern eye freddy's revenge has been long time cult fave and star mark patton has returned to the public eye in a documentary about the film screen queen my nightmare on elm street now, number five is not on Elm street five the dream child now considering the taboo nature of crimes freddy krueger committed in life It was an audacious idea to give the slasher a paternal motivation in 1989's fifth installment of the franchise. Now, critics' reviews range from mixed to negative, especially in regards to this topic. Now, a few even found that the usually reliable humor has gone stale at last. Now, one especially brutal critic complained that Kruger Kruger sounded like he's stealing his material from Don Rickles. Wow. Now, (laughs) number four is A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, with the average score of 55. Now, Dreammaster won over a surprising number of critics with some technical mastery by director Rennie Harlan, who would make his career with action films. Critics complained the visual highs didn't last thanks to a thin plot. Now, critics were also more exhausted than ever to with the underwhelming cast of youthful actors, and they were equally getting weary of Freddie's stand-up stick. On the bright side, the music video style nightmares, high quality explained. Uh, the visual effects received strong acclaim. Now, the next one up is Dream Warriors, Nightmare on M Street 3, which has an a average score of 81. Now, 1987's Dream Warriors premise about teens who are, who are done with Kruger's murderous antics are willing to fight back on his turf brought with it new franchise lore and terrifyingly gory visual effects. However, save for English cheerfully familiar and funny banter, The critics uh, stayed lukewarm. Fans were much more forgiving of the Wes Craven scripted attempt. And a number of critics agreed the crisp hospital settings and stronger acting made this film one of the best numbered entries. I actually have to agree with that. I actually have to agree with that. In regards to the the film itself, because I think Dream Warriors is probably one of the best out of the franchise. Now New Nightmare got a score of 71. Now Wes Craven's attempt to reclaim and close out the franchise with 1994's surprise critical winner. It was also Robert Englund's last appearance under the Freddy makeup in main franchise canon, although he reprised role one more time in Freddy versus Jason. Now this time Craven went meta with New Nightmare with Heather Langenkamp returning to play a version of herself and Englund given the chance to be both himself and a new bleaker version of Freddy. Critics found Craven's finale to be fresh, intelligent spin on the franchise. Perhaps the most important critical opinion England's own, who declared this to be his favorite Freddy movie. Man, I got to uh I got to go back and watch New Nightmare. I have to go back and watch it like to to get a, a good grasp on it. Because I i don't remember that movie that well. But if if this is Robert England's favorite movie. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street he played. like I might have to check it out. And number one with a score of 85 is the first, Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, Freddie blasted onto the screen for the first time in 84, and critics were surprised at how well the low-budget affair held together. Now, they lauded in the crisp cinematography and fresh concept and imaginative scares, although the weak acting will go on to become a staple complaint in earning glowing critical comparison to Psycho with Freddy trapping his victims in a place even more defenseless than the shower. Like Halloween, the -the behind-the-scenes need for economical storytelling, worked for the film's advantage, giving the original, Nightmare on Elm Street, a permanent place today as a critical, daring, like, darling. Like, every good saga, the best way to start the journey is right at the beginning. Now, Top Gun says, now all the Freddy movies had something to take away from them. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did, but I think really the top three the top 3 would be the original dream warriors and new nightmare that, that I would think those are those are the best ones i mean I, honestly you can you can watch them in like hd you can always like you know rent them or whatever so i mean you know that there be a good little film for you guys to watch you know for <laughs> For the Halloween season, man. You know, Halloween falls on a Sunday. You know, it's also football Sunday. So, it's a little conflict adventures there. And also, this weekend, Soda City Comic Con is here in Columbia. In Cola. That's why they call it Soda City. And I can't wait to be there. I will be there on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I know after the show, um, I'm heading down to my hometown of Lake City, in Atlanta area, because, hey, it's my mom's birthday. Now, officially... My mom's birthday is today and tomorrow, and it's a long story with that. But, hey, I'm going to head down there today and hang out with her and, you know, see if we can get some meat, go out to eat and all this good stuff. Have a good time. Enjoy. Enjoy each other. Then, hit, come back up here to Columbia and then go to Soda City Comic Con. Now, Top Gun says, the one part in Dream Warriors got me like, nah, the part where Nancy was burning and said, take my powers. Wait, what? (laughs) Again, I, I don't remember in detail like these movies because it's been so long since I've seen them. But I know what movie I'm seeing tonight, and that is Army of Thieves. I'm ready to see that, man. I cannot wait to see it. Now, after the music break, we're going to go into some PC gaming, y'all. Some PC gaming as well as some pro wrestling news, all right? So just stick around. Go into the music break, and after the music break, we're going to go right into some pc gaming and i need some advice as far as what game to purchase because i'm trying to decide between two for my playstation and i'm trying to decide and maybe the geek corner is able to help me out all right so after the music break we're gonna go right into gaming yeah 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 Wah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. wah. legendary Becker. Becker. sometimes i feel like axel hey competition like a martial arts master Whoa. plays through the streets with the strength of a dragon Whoa. gotta stop the boss even if we recap it. Yeah. video game rap no not that same trap i'm so retro, retro, retro i remember retro, those yeah. days staying up watching my uncle decky play the nintendo, nintendo, a nintendo Becker, yeah. walk? Yeah. i'm playing star fox and i got it for the n64 green oh, yeah. make it last won't yeah. never sell that yeah i promise i will not yeah. Cartridge. Me and Marjorie Wine used to play Battlefront. Tony Hawk Underground 2. How I'm getting stunts. Do what I say. When I press A, you jump. Yeah. You need bigger. The bars got you on Bioshock. Came back one time, but you died twice. That's the real definition of a half life. Yeah. When you speak to me. Only half right It's early in the morning But I'm playing for a night It's the legend of Baker Will you be so kind? Leave Rupees on my table Ruby. Fairy tail chain on my neck Playing fable So many video games We don't need cable I'm an angel But right now the combat evolved uh-huh. Mortal combat, you all no close calls, The gear was special Hit him with the twisted metal Sly Cooper how we came And snuck in the sector yeah. Video game rap No not that same trap I'm so retro, retro, retro I remember retro, those yeah. days Staying up Watching my uncle Jacky play the Nintendo Ayy Baker what you want I'm playing Star Fox and I got it for the N64, N-6-4 Green pass yeah. make it last Won't yeah. ever sell that Yeah, I promise I will not let go Blow the cartridge
1: And we're back from the music break, and like I said, we're gonna go into some gaming information, some gaming news, especially with the PC gaming out there, because I know you guys are PC gamers. I here. now. Top Gun says, speaking of gaming, check out Conan Exiles. Man, I need some intel on Conan Exiles and see what's uh, see what that's all about. But uh, according to IGN, now this was as of yesterday at 11:54 p.m. Now Dell has just launched its newest line of Alienware Aurora gaming PCs ahead of holiday season. Unceremoniously dubbed R13, Dell's new flagship gaming PC sports a number of aesthetic, quality of life, and performance improvements over its predecessors. Now, the chassis has undergone a substantial facelift with the new option to add a side panel window that shows off the clean internals. Liquid cooling is now standard, but you can upgrade the Alienware's proprietary Cryotech liquid cooling, which offers better thermal performance and a swankier RGB lit design. Perfect for your side panel window upgrade. Now, the R13 still boasts the same toolless access to the case components, but now the internal volume has increased by 50% for easier DIY installs, improved ambient air attempts, better cable management, more acoustic dampening. The standard power supply has also been beefed up to a minimum of 750W. And Dell offers the same warranty as with previous models. One year in-home warranty. Service Service standard with the option of a stand to up to four years. What is happening? We are out here, man. Look at that. Shit. Man, it's crazy, man. Like, it's PC gaming, alienware, and I might be able to go into that now in terms of future proofing now the alienware Aurora r13 is the first alienware pc to come equipped with the newest 12th gen intel alder lake processors unlike the past several intel core iterations the alder lake cpu is looking for looking to be a substantial upgrade in both performance and efficiency now that's paired with the RTX 30 series video card of your choice now which is impossible to find by itself now, the base model sports an RTX 3060 Ti, but you can upgrade this all the way to RTX 3080 or 3090. Now, uh, since this is a new release, don't expect too many details to come your way during Black Friday. But prices are reasonable if you compare similar pre-built gaming PCs from other boutique gaming PC manufacturers. Now, with the 3060 RTX, it is built at one 1999.99, So basically, two racks. Now, also, if you want a 3060 Ti PC with a 16-gig RAM with 512-gigabyte RAM SSD, you're looking at 2,300 racks. Now, if you want to upgrade it even further, if you want the i5 RTX 3070 PC, 8-gig RAM with 256-gigabyte SSD, you're looking at 2,200 racks. And then also got the 3070 PC with the i7, which is 2,500. You know what I'm saying? And also, you have the Alienware Aurora R13 3080, which is 2400 And you got the i7, 512 gigs, 3080 PC, 2700 with which is the most expensive. I will say, I will say this. If you want the bang for your buck, if you want a pre-built gaming PC, because a lot of people these days, they build their PCs from scratch. Like, they get the box, they They get the cooling systems. They put it all together, and it can go high as seven grand, you know, maybe ten, as far as how powerful your gaming PC is. But if you if you just don't have the time, if you don't have the time to build your PC, a pre built gaming PC works. But you got to get the best one. You have to get the best one. So if I'm a betting man, I if I was purchasing a pre-built gaming PC, which I don't have one, I would get the most powerful one, which is $2,700. I would get that one because that will last longer. You can actually change some stuff out, change the cooler system out or whatever the case may be. Update the graphics card if you can. It's easy to, I feel like it's easier to maintain. You have a lot more longevity with that uh, gaming PC pre-built. You got to get the most powerful one And that way, you don't have to change stuff out. You don't have to change a whole lot of parts out, you know. You know, three years later, or whatever the case may be, and you got to stay up to date on PC news, man. I mean, it is a very expensive hobby to get into. So, I mean, PC is the master race, what you know, what we call it in the gaming industry, because it has the most powerful graphics cards, the most powerful video uh, cards, sound cards. You know what I'm saying? Like console gaming. Graphics don't compare But it's easier to maintain though. You got the gaming console. You don't have to do all those extra changes You don't have to change any parts out. You don't have to do any of that stuff But with PC gaming it's not for the faint of art man You got to have a nice little wallet to get what you want and get what you need And that is actual Factuals there man now as far as my dilemma here as far as my dilemma uh, as far as which game I'm going to purchase, I know I said yesterday that I'm going to get Guardians of the Galaxy, right? I, I did say that, but there's a game that has eluded me for years and it just did a re I didn't say it just did a remaster, but in recent year, in the past year or so, it just did a remaster and that is Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which gives you Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2 and 3. I haven't had the pleasure of playing any of these games. I played Andromeda, which is kind of like an shoot thing. But I haven't had the pleasure of playing the Mass Effect games when it first came out. And this is the opportunity to play Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, which is remastered. You got all the weapons and all this other stuff. So if you never played it, it's a good time to, in re- to introduce yourself to that RPG. That Space Odyssey RPG. Here's my dilemma. I'm trying to decide which game to get, whether it's Guardians of the Galaxy or this Mass Effect Legendary Edition because I'm looking at Guardians of the Galaxy. It looks fun to play. You got 18 hours of gameplay. It just it just was released. I was like, ah, I I, I don't know what I want. Like, I, I really don't. I'm trying to decide, man. And, and maybe the Geek Corner can help me out. Which game? game to get, which is the first one to get, because, you know, I feel like I get my bang, more bang for my butt with Mass Effect, because you get three games in one, you know what I'm saying, you get three games in one, and, but with Guardians of the Galaxy, it depends on what your choices are, it is linear, but depending on what your choice is, that how it plays out, you know, I'm a huge Marvel fan, too, at the end of the day, it got an 8 out of 10, you know what I'm saying, and I just need some help with that. So, I mean, Geek Corner helped me out. Which game should I get? Should I get the Mass Effect? Legendary Edition? Or should I go with Guardians of the Galaxy? You know, I was looking in the Play Store. And I saw they had uh, anime games listed out there. Now, I see Demon Slayer. I really want that game, right? But I don't think it's worth 60 bucks. I don't think it's worth $60. I don't think JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, you know, Eyes of Heaven, is worth sixty dollars. I I feel like you can reduce that sucker to maybe $30, thirty, twenty? If that like I don't think it's worth sixty bucks, man. I like I think the legendary edition of Mass Effect, okay, yeah, you know, I get it. It might be sixty bucks. You get all you get all this deal you get all the DLCs and everything else. So I'm having a i am having having issues in making the decision here in which game to get. But we'll see man. You know what's we'll the it sound, like you in the yo, car. Yo. it sound like you in the car. Can you hear me? Yes, and there's an echo. Yes, there's, an echo. there's an echo? There is an echo. There is an echo. He's <laughs> off. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Still hear myself. Still hear myself. You there? You there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so uh, uh, Thanos Port Rick Thanos. is... Uh, Sorry about Thanos this. Is, keep uh,
0: going. Keep going. Don't mind me.
1: So yeah, so uh, now Top Gun says just get both. Why why would I just get Okay? It is a possibility I can get both. It's a great possibility I can get both. But I'm only able to pay attention to just one one game. You know what I'm saying? I gotta give attention to just one game. Thanos Rick, get the back. Oh, thought I thought I heard him. Thought I heard him come back. Thought I heard him come back. But yeah. He said, just get both. I, I, I don't have time to play both at, at one time. I don't have time to play both at one time. I, I, I got to choose. I got to make a choice. I got to make a choice. I will say this, though. I will have to go to GameStop to actually get this game because I don't want to get on the Play Store because I feel like in the Play Store, you're going to get, Um, he said, <laughs> <laughs> he did not say that. Tucker. He did not say that. How about them Cowboys? I feel like. Um, I have a better shot at GameStop than I do the Play Store, because I think the Play Store, it don't it has sales, but you have to wait a specific month for those sales, you know what I'm saying, so if you go to GameStop, there's a high probability you may can get that game used for a cheaper price, maybe 30 bucks, and I, I might have to go and check, you know, while I'm on my journey, while I'm going to see Mom Dukes, you know, after I have you know, you know, lunch, dinner with her, you know, hang out with her for a bit, you know, pop up at, at school, um, just see how things, see how things roll out, so I'm i gonna pray on it, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna pray on it and see, but they gotta help me out though, man, so if you had to make a choice between Guardians and Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition, which would you choose? And, uh, and also, I'm looking back on like some PlayStation 3 games because I don't give PlayStation 3 enough credit. I never had one. I always look down on PlayStation 3. I always feel like PlayStation 3 is the dark horse of all the PlayStation games, gaming consoles. Like, I feel like I could skip that. However, however there were some good games that was on there. There was JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle. I missed out on that. I missed out on that, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But, now, if you're in the PC gaming, though, you definitely need to get Alienware. You definitely need to check that thing out and just see where you you roll with it. Now, now we're going to go into one more music break. And uh, after this music break, we're going to go into our final segment, which we talk about some pro wrestling here in regards to AEW and Ring of Honor and all that. So, um, after the music break, we definitely gonna be jumping into some stuff. So stick around, we'll be right back after the music break.
0: So, you already knew we grew up playing Capcom, right? Playing Capcom back, play it. That's so why well you gotta kill the shit. you going crazy, street fighter. Yeah, we got it. Rezzy. Resi- She Tales, can't stand those. I go get that power stone like I was standing those. Ain't worried about your dust force. My cyber boss gon' gladly win. And then it's back to my homeboy in the dungeon with dragons. We got Street it. Street Fighter, yeah, we yeah. got it. Rezzy Eagle, yeah, we got it. Monster Hunter, yeah, we got it. Dragon's Dog, Dragon yeah, we
1: Yeah, and we back for the final segment of the OP Morning Show. Ah, man. Man, we got some uh we got some good wrestling news for you guys today, man. And there's some good intel here by AEW and the WWE and Ring of Honor. Now, uh, we got to get it started in there, and we starting with AEW's relationship with Impact Wrestling. Now, there was a report by ringsidenews.com that AEW's relationship with Impact Wrestling would be ending after the 2021 Bound for Glory pay-per-view, which just passed. Now, as seen Bound for Glory, AEW's Christian Cage dropped the Impact World Heavyweight title to Josh Alexander. At this time, the belief is that Christian won't be getting a rematch and no other AEW stars will be challenging for the title. Now, Dave Melsa of F4WOnline.com was able to obtain a quote from a person with impact regarding the relationship reportedly being over. Now, it's getting talked about like that, but not quite accurate. Cage dropping the title at BFG was the end of the story that started last December. Now, that was the plan since the spring. Door is open to do more, but nothing planned for short term. Now, Meltzer um, added that Tony Khan was asked about Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson's future with AEW, but Khan did not issue a comment. So, um, it looks that the window is still open for Impact. Now, there was no falling out between AEW and Impact Wrestling out any stretch of imagination. But if you go back to, you know, wrestling history, there have been partnerships made. And it was like short-term, you know, short-term, you know, goals met with that. And it's just like we were saying uh yesterday whenever, you know, Christian was holding the Impact World Championship, Kenny Omega was holding the Impact World Championship. You had all these big figure names holding this holding the title. Now it's back home with homegrown talent. So Moose is currently the Impact World Champion if I'm not mistaken cuz he cashed in right after Josh Alexander won his match. So um basically all the titles is back at Impact. So now you see what Impact is going to do going forward. And the door, like I said, the door is still open. I I took notice to that a few weeks ago because I I seen that Gallows and Anderson was not on AEW television over the past few weeks. Like, usually Kenny, the Bucks, Adam Cole, you know, Brandon Cutler, you know, Tazawa, and then you have Gallows and Anderson. Now, also, Don Callis. Don Callis haven't been on TV like that. So that's why I was saying. Maybe the relationship with Impact is I wouldn't say coming to an end, but like just taking a break. And now since we did that, since, you know, I'm just quoting, if we're doing this intermingling now we depend on our own talent in our own respective companies and the door is still open for us to work together in the future. So now um, I believe this is the true test for AEW now because you know we they have been averaging, you know, 1.0, 1. 1. 1.3 million views, and people start panicking once it drop dropped under a million views. Man, it's no reason to panic. Like it is like you got some of these wrestling fans out here that just get hung up on the ratings and stuff like that. And I get it. AEW is only two years old, it garnished over a million views consistently. I will not say average, but you have consistently seen over 1 million views when it comes to AEW Dynamite or AEW Rampage over a two-year span. You got a company that sold out Arthur S. Stadium where there was no other wrestling event going on at that time. Now, well, I did bring up Ring of Honor and New Japan with WrestleMania weekend. But what was going on that weekend? WrestleMania weekend. AEW stood alone with like with no other events going on. And they sold out. 20,000-plus fans sold out. Before AEW was AEW, when it did All-In, they sold out in under 15 minutes and there was no card yet you didn't know who was wrestling who but they sold out in minutes and no other event was going on and you can and and, and the only advertising they was doing there was no tv advertising it was all social media it was all social media and they sold it out easy so I mean, it 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 it's one of those things where uh, I, I I do like the You know, I do understand the demo. I get it. I get it. I get it. I mean, people are fascinated by the numbers and all this other stuff. But I, to WWE's credit, I will say that Vince McMahon is at his best when there's competition, and and you know WWE can deny that there's competition all day. But you notice the changes. You notice things changes are being made within within the company or whatever the case may be to make the product better. You you can you can say all day to your blue in the face AEW is not competition. That is bullshit. Otherwise, you wouldn't have making the changes that you are making. So, I mean, I know WWE was trying to get a partnership or some type of deal with New Japan Pro Wrestling. AEW kind of beat them to the punch in that regard, but. I mean, but still, yet, though, still, yet, this is a perfect time to be a wrestling fan, man. Just, just be a fan and enjoy the shows. That's all you have to do. Just enjoy the shows, man. That's it. Enjoy the shows. I mean, I, I, I get it. I think we are more critical on WWE because WWE been around for twenty plus years alone with with no competition you know, direct competition. So we see the product over and over and over and over and over again, which leads to uh, something that Bully Ray said on Busted Over Radio yesterday as far as like going over and getting over. And he used so many examples. I'm going to say this on air again. A loss does not mean a burial. It does not mean the character is being buried. It, it, it doesn't mean that. At all. Think about it. Okay. Jimmy Superfly Snooker. If I remember correctly, what is the most iconic moment you remember with Jimmy Superfly Snooker? Jumping off that cage doing the splash, right? If I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, Superfly Snooker lost that match. But you didn't talk about the loss. You talk about that iconic moment that Snooker had. Another example, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart who won that feud Bret Hart did but who got over Austin did Austin was bleeding in the face and that was the iconic moment in that match because he never tapped out he passed out but then you got labeled the toughest SOB in the WWF well at the time WWF and now WWE so he got over. He lost the match, but you don't remember the result. You remember that moment. You remember him bleeding over the face, screaming, and refusing to tap out to Bret Hart. He got over. Same same deal. Same deal. Like it, it doesn't always mean that. So let's fast forward, right? So you got Bianca. You got Becky Lynch. Um, You know, Charlotte wanted to um, dropped the title to Bianca on Monday Night Raw. That didn't happen. Um, Bianca lost the match in triple threat on Crown Jewel. Um, that's not a burial to Bianca at all. I mean, you gotta look at how much how much he did in that match. Like the one th- people are not posting the results of the match. They're posting Bianca. If you really notice on social media, what Bianca did during that match. One-handed gorilla press slam holding someone in the air with one hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, people got that picture plastered all over social media. Bianca is already over. She's already over to to me, in my opinion. She's already over. Now, what would do her a disservice is, okay, you just had a program with Becky Lynch twice already, or maybe three times. I'm not 100% sure on the feud. But then you got Bianca coming out on Monday Night Raw, which is this is supposed to be fresh. This is supposed to be new. It's supposed to be something that, you know, you got new challenges and stuff like that. And then you got Bianca again facing Bianca, I mean, Becky Lynch. Now, in this light, what I feel like should happen is Bianca should get the dub. She should get the title back from Becky. But if she loses this match, I don't know what they're trying to do. I would get Bianca away from the spotlight. I mean, away from the title picture for right now. And just have her wrestle her way to the top again to finally, you know, meet the champion and beat the champion. Got over. Now, fast forward, because I don't want to harp on that too much. Fast forward. Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. Lights out. Unsanctioned match or street fight, whatever you want to call it. Who won that match? Thunder Rosa. Who got over? Who went over? Like, I mean, who got over? Britt Baker did. Within 24 hours, if I'm not mistaken, she was like the number one seller on pro wrestling tees. They had her face bloodied. Bloodied. Taking table bumps. People remember the moments in the match. More or less the results. Yeah, Thunder Rosa won. And she's already over with the crowd. She already, you know, it's Thunder Rosa. But Britt Baker got over. And it, it, it reminds you of Steve Austin with the bloody face. And it was It was it. Let's go back to Becky Lynch. What got Becky Lynch over is when Nia Jax, you know, punched her in the face and busted her nose wide open. And and Becky standing in the crowd with her arms wide open like, listen, I'm still here. Broken nose and all. That was it. Becky was already over. She was already over. You know what I'm saying? She can lose a match and still be good. Okay, same deal. Same deal. Look at uh, CM Punk. CM Punk is already over with the crowd. He did a body slam, a body slam, and the crowd went ape shit. They went crazy, crazy off a body slam, off a body slam. So it goes back to something I said with uh, not I said, but uh, I know Undertaker said in a documentary or something like that that he is more than capable of doing all these moves, right? All these moves, but. With his persona and with his character and his character already being over, his presence alone is enough. He don't have to do that much in the ring. He don't have to do that much. Randy Orton, he's not a high flyer. He has longevity out the wazoo. He can wrestle for 10 more years if he wanted to because he don't don't do a whole bunch of stuff. But his matches are really good and really entertaining. It's like your character is over or whatever the case may be. No matter you win, lose, or draw, you're still going to be strong. It it, it don't matter. It don't matter. So, I mean, I, I love WWE for what they're doing with Big E, what they did with Xavier Woods. Um, I'm not too much of a fan of NXT 2.0. I'm more of the old-school grittiness of NXT. That's what I remember most. That's what I like the most. I don't really like that change, not discrediting the talent at all, It's just the atmosphere is different. I'm not too much of a fan of it. But I understand what they are doing with the situation, if that makes sense. I understand what they're doing. So, you know, uh, uh, again, oh, another prime example, right? Adam Hangman Page. Adam Hangman Page. So um, there was always a debate as far as Chris Jericho and Adam Page because those are the final two people to win the inaugural you know, AEW World Championship title, right? Chris Jericho was the one who won the match. So, but now you see Hangman Page in contention for the World Championship against Kenny Omega. If he beats Kenny Omega, what means more? If he wins it against Kenny or if he won it the first time, like been the first champion, it don't have the same effect. But look at the career that Adam has had in AEW. It was a steady rise. It was like a meteoric rise, actually. The crowd loved him. The crowd gives him beer. He was a tag team champion with Kenny Omega, which they put on a clinic, one of the best tag team matches I ever seen against the Bucks. And now you had him go against Kenny Omega and lose against Kenny Omega. The story is all there. This story could have been started two years ago. And this is that slow, this is that, that, that slow burn, you know, were not really paying attention, but maybe I'm too analytical because sometimes I do notice things. Like I noticed things with Darby Allen. Like I noticed like with Darby Allen and Cody, they wrestled to a draw. Cody, they wrestled to a draw. And I think Cody won the second match. And then they got away from the feud. And Cody was a two-time TNT champion, and now the TNT championship holds holds some serious, serious weight as um, far as being a secondary title, if not one of the best titles out there in AEW. Well, it, one of the... And finally, you get Darby Allin and, and Cody again. And they started this rivalry like a year and a half ago, or two years ago again. Slow burn. Then finally, finally... Darby beats Cody when it means something. He he beats him for a title, and now Darby Allen is a TNT champion because he defeated Cody Rose. And then at this point, you drop it to Miro, and then the rest is history at that point. Then, again, th- th- this goes again with Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is being built. like He's another homegrown talent. He's under the wing, of tutelage of, of Chris Jericho in the inner circle and all the other veterans out there. Young cat, young dude. He beats Miro. For the TNT championship. His meteoric rise. His stardom. People talk about the four pillars. VAW, you got MJF, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy. You know I mean? These are the homegrown talent. They are grooming them to lead the company in the future. That's what they're doing. That is exactly what they're doing. They're not going back to celebrity status or whatever the case may be to get the numbers. They're, They're trusting their homegrown talent. And that's what I like. I like that about Impact Wrestling. And uh, speaking of WWE, now going back to WWE, before we go to Ring of Honor. um, Now, as previously noted, there is said to be some backstage heat on Charlotte Flair. Now, after she dropped the Raw Women's title to the ground during the title swap segment with Becky Lynch on the October 22nd edition of SmackDown. Now, according to Dave Meltzer of F4WOnline.com, now uh, the situation between Charlotte and Becky is, quote, is mostly not, most definitely not a work. Now, Melzer noted that there has been unhappiness for a long time between Charlotte and many of the female uh, WWE superstars. Now, some of the issues were described as little things, quote-unquote, but there were also said to be issues with match structure. note wrote the following. To quote him, one of the complaints is that Flair wants to be a heel, is a heel but does babyface moves during matches, notably the dives and moonsaults in and out of the ring. There is also belief that Rhea Ripley should have been elevated more from her program with Charlotte, although Meltzer mentioned that Vince McMahon would be more responsible for Ripley's push than Charlotte as he makes the final decisions. As far as Charlotte's future goes, Meltzer reports that she has more than a year left on her WWE contract that guarantees her seven figures annually. Now, Charlotte had media appearances Schedule, but it doesn't appear that they are currently happening right now So as far as public appearances Media appearances Charlotte is not there So I Again, this is all speculation, you know, this is all you know, I don't want to say dirt sheets or whatever the case may be but We don't know exactly what's going on You know what I'm saying I don't know you I mean you got Andrade her fiance Saying "fuck WWE" on social media, the situation is kind of hot. Unless, unless they are working the situation to make the give heel heat to Charlotte, I don't know. But Becky, I don't know. I don't know. Especially the rumors that's going around about Becky standing up to Charlotte. They don't. They don't come off as heelish on TV. It just don't. It don't come off as heelers on TV. Uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. So, also for also a little bit of news left is Ring of Honor's tape library. Now, I previously noted it was announced that Ring of Honor would be going on a hi- hiatus for the first quarter of 2022. And it was reported that everyone, quote unquote, was being released from their contracts. Now, Justin Barrasso of Sports is reporting that the ROH tape library is available for sale and will go to the highest bidder. Now, Barroso noted the following. ROH has been privately trying to move the library, the Sinclair-owned archive from 2012, on for more than a year. That includes the all-in pay-per-view in September 2018, which was a precursor of, to AEW. Now, while AEW owns the trademark, it is ROH that owns the footage. Now, Sports Illustrated learned that the company is asking for much more than the current market dictates. Now, however, Melsa f 4wonline.com, wrote the following regarding S.I.'s report. Sources in AEW, Impact, and WWE have all denied knowing anything about it. And if it is for sale right now, one would think WWE and AEW would be the first people contacted. We will see. We will see. Now, as far as getting Ring of Honor's library, that would be a great addition for WWE because... There's a good bit of WWE talent came from Ring of Honor. And that would be a dope concept. So whenever you do an anthology series on Kevin Owens or Seth Rollins, you know, or, or whoever the case may be, you got the video footage. You got rights. You got the video footage to the anthology series. They can talk about their early, their their early beginnings in Ring of Honor and all their other stuff. However, on a professional wrestling standpoint. I think AEW has more to gain with getting the ROH library from you know from the Sinclair edition. I, I believe they have more to gain at that point. That might build a partnership with Ring of Honor. You may have that temporary partnership like uh like Impact Wrestling did. Maybe this is part of their revamping. But like I said in the beginning of the show, you have to advertise. You have to. Push the envelope. You got to market this thing. You got to get on radio. You got to get on social media. You got to talk to fans. You got to interact with fans. You got to have talent interact with fans. I subscribe to Honor Club on Fight TV and I'm watching some some old uh, ROH matches. I'm telling you right now, man, there's some real good stuff. Some real good stuff. You know, Global Wars, Ladder Wars, Final Battle, Super Card, all that stuff, man. You can't deny that. You can't deny that. But, yeah, man, I hope you guys have a nice Friday. But, listen, go to www.orangefinancemedia.com. That is www.orangefinancemedia.com. We do have a sale, so click on apparel. And we also have our single issues only on the magazine section of orangefinancemedia.com um, website. Also, join the Facebook group page, Orange Phoenix Geek Corner. You know, type that all in, all separate words. Give us a follow on Orange Phoenix Tees. You can give us a follow there because we do have a sale going on this week. Up until Halloween. Halloween. Um, also, give us a follow at Orange Phoenix Media as well. But uh, I might leave a poll up for the Geek Corner and say, hey, help me decide on which game to get, Guardians of the Galaxy or Mass Effect. But I'm more leaning towards Guardians a little bit now. I'm more leaning towards that. But we will see. You guys have a safe Halloween weekend. And I am out.